0: Today, Pastor Ray Bentley points out, if we honor the Lord, we'll see benefit in time and eternity.
1: If you honor the Lord, and if you worship God, and if you are faithful in those things He has given to you materially and financially, you will not only be rewarded and blessed in heaven, but here upon the earth, and entrusted with many riches as well as responsibilities, and you will have the Lord as well. King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it
0: ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return The whole gospel to the whole world. Books on success fill secular bookstores. At best, it comes down to one person telling another person how to get ahead of all the other people. Well, today, a success strategy from God's Word, but it's based on a rather surprising story. Pastor Ray helps us understand how to put those biblical principles to work.
1: Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. Jesus gives an example, a parable, of an unjust steward. And yet something about this unjust steward that he commends to us. Let's read through the first nine verses of Luke chapter 16. He, Jesus, also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master is taking the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig, I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, he gets an idea that when I am put out of the stewardship, in other words, when I get fired, he says, I've got an idea so that they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, cut it in half and write 50. And so the guy did. And then he said to another, and how much do you owe my master? And so he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill right now and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he was, had dealt shrewdly or wisely. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, Jesus said, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. There are several things to notice about this. First of all, everything the servant possessed belonged to his master. Now the application here is very, very simple and very clear for you and I. Everything physically, materially, that you and I own actually belongs to the Lord and he has simply made us stewards or managers over those resources. A lot of people have the idea that this is my money and I'm giving God 10% or the tithe or the offerings of my money no that's not really the case. God owns 100% of everything that you have. You're not giving God 10% of your money but God is letting you keep 90% of his. (laughs) It's the other way around. So the Lord allows you and I the opportunity, the privilege of overseeing that which belongs to him. He is constantly watching us to see how we are doing with the stewardship, the management of what he has given to us. But more importantly, from this story of what Jesus is trying to get across, not only to the disciples, but to the very listening ears of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, He holds you and I responsible for what we do with what he has given to us while it is in our care. And there's a day of accountability. There's a day coming where we must give an account. If you want to put it in financial terms, there's a big audit coming. The audit will include how I have used every gift, every resource, every material blessing And he's looking at it as, how did you use my blessings, my gifts, my resources that I loaned to you? Did you use them for yourself or did you use them to honor me and to bring me glory? And so that others might see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven. Now Jesus, in another place, had told the parable of of a servant Uh, and his master and, and the different talents that were given. There's a master who went away to a far country and he left his goods in the hands of several servants. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, to another he gave one talent. And then one day the audit came and the master came home and he said, what did you do with the five talents I gave you. And he says, I took your five talents, I invested it, and now there are 10. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Now how about you that I gave two talents to? And he says, oh, I took it and I did the best I could with it and I doubled it as well. Blessed are you. More responsibility shall be given you. And the one that he gave one to, he said, oh, I knew that you're a hard master. So I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't do anything with it. I just took it and I buried it in the ground. And he says, you wicked servant. The least you could have done, it wasn't your money. Why were you afraid of me? Couldn't you have at least put it in the bank and gained some interest from it? So take that which was in his possession and take it away from him and cast him out. So it's interesting that the Lord says there is an audit coming, there is a day of accountability that is coming. He wants us to understand that he gives to us gifts, talents, uh, resources, abilities, uh, privileges, They are to honor Him and and to bless Him and the weight of His glory. Um, When you see yourself as the bondservant of Jesus Christ, it is very obvious everything I have, including my own life and self, belongs to the Lord. Amen? Do you see that? Do you really believe that? Do you really recognize that? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 12 through 15. Let's read this scripture out loud. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. Our good deeds are one day going to be tried. There's an audit coming. We'll come before God and and our whole lives will be tested by fire. Fire is the presence of God. Somehow our lives will go through this fiery test And if there's anything, and notice the things that survive, that are rewarded, are like gold, which has the most weight, silver, which has the next most weight, gold and silver and something precious, there's a heaviness. If our lives uh, were and our works were filled with selfishness and greed and compromise, it becomes what? Wood, hay and stubble, it's burned up, becomes ash, light and flies away saved because you're not saved by your works nor do you lose your salvation by the lack of them, uh, but as through fire. I believe that God uses financial circumstances to get an individual's attention so that you will discover it's not mine but it is the Lord's. As we've seen uh, the world economy shrank, God has the world's undivided attention. Do we worship money and the economy? Or do we worship the true and the living God and honor Him? And I think that's the test that God is watching and waiting to see what will happen. Now, what do you do when you get caught red-handed? Well, here's this guy in this story who's been caught. You're the wrong guy for the wrong job, and you are fired, and not only that, he's been embezzling, he's caught red-handed. What does he do? He knew that when the auditor came, he would be exposed and he is in big trouble. He's gonna lose his job and be fired. What does he do? He says, I know what I'll do with the little time I have. I know that there's all these people that owe money to my master. I'm gonna to go to each one of them and I'm gonna take their bill and some of them I'll cut it in half and some of them I'll cut off 20%. I wonder how he decided, you know, you get cut half of your bill and you, I think I could get 80% out of you. I don't know, the guy was just getting as much as he possibly could but he gave everybody a discount so that he would be able to turn in, he knew he wouldn't be able to get 100% for the audit. He's gonna get fired. But as at least he tried to get as much as he possibly could and cutting all these different people a deal, what he was actually doing was making future friends. For I know I'm gonna get fired anyway, and now let him go after the other 50% or 20%. He goes, but at least they'll look at me and they'll go, wow, when you had the opportunity, you gave me a deal. You cut my thing in half and the guy didn't even come after me for the rest. Sure, you need a place to stay and, and you need a place to hang out or you need a few you know, days where you can come and live with me. Great. So he used the opportunity to set himself up for the future. And because the guy said, look, I'm not a ditch digger, I'm ashamed to beg, right? Now, up to this point, we can follow the story, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, it's pretty clear. What comes next is the strange part when you're reading the commentaries. Because we would expect Jesus at this point to say, and now the master said, cast that unjust steward out, put him in the debtor's prison until his debt is paid. Instead, Jesus' comment on the guy that was unjust in the story is he commends him he says right on pretty smart move he says now he doesn't commend him specifically for his actions he does not commend him for his lack of honesty he commends one thing he says the guy was wise he set himself up he knew he was gonna get fired anyway, and the guy was wise to make, by the way he went to the creditors, friends for the future in a day he knew he was gonna be in deep need and deep trouble. In other words, let me put it another way, he used his present position to set himself up for a future he knew was coming.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people. He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to Ray at RayBentley.com or post it on our homepage at RayBentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Now let's talk about the wisdom of Solomon. Proverbs chapter six, verses six through eight. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So here's the ants, they have no leader, they have no captain, they have no head, as it were, and yet they know that when winter comes, there's gonna be all this rain, there's all this weather, we're not gonna be able to do anything and get, come up to the ground and get food. So during the summer, we better store up as much as we can for what we know is happening in the future. And so wisdom, the wisdom of the ant, is given by Solomon laying up food supplies during the summer to store up for the coming winter. Now here's the very simple analogy. We know the future too. We as human beings know that one day we're gonna die. We're not gonna live forever. And we know that when we die, there's not one single material thing we can bring with us into the next life. Not one dollar, not one red penny. Nothing materially will follow us into our future but our future is coming and when that day comes that we die we know that whatever treasure will be there will have to be something we laid up in the afterlife here while we were on earth when we had a chance in advance if we want anything to be waiting for us in the future in any way in any form as a treasure we have to lay up for it now we have to in other words take every advantage of all the opportunities to lay up heavenly treasure while we're here upon the earth. And so anything financial, anything materially, any blessing, any money that God has placed at your disposal, make use of it in such a way that honors the heaviness of the glory of God and respects Him and that one day you will have something that you will be rewarded for. You will have something that will be able to carry you into the presence of the Lord that will have eternal benefits that you can reap from. In other words, Jesus is saying, invest. I'm using the analogy of this guy's wisdom. He prepared for a temporary future of hard times. He knew he was getting fired when the audit came, but he set himself up so that in the days to come after he got fired, he would have some friends. He would have some people that have a little bit of sympathy. Now expand that to an eternal future. Invest in the things of the kingdom of God so that when you have failed, when you have come to the end of the road, you will be received into everlasting habitations. Our Father keeps very a very interesting set of books. The apostle Paul wrote to the church of Philippi He said, I want to ask you to bring me an offering in my missionary journeys. He says in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 17 of Philippians, not that I seek the gift, I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. If you don't give it to me, God will supply my needs, for I am in the center of his will from somebody else. But so that you may have fruit to your account, eternal rewards, I encourage you to give to the mission of bringing the gospel, the whole gospel to the whole world. You know, I have a feeling that one day when we get to heaven, one of the things that is going to shock us and absolutely surprise us is when we get there and somebody walks up and smiles really big and you have not a clue in the world who this stranger is, but they walk up to you in heaven and they say, oh, thank you, thank you for bringing me the gospel of salvation from, you know, Africa, you know, you, you, they come up to you and they're giving you this big hug and you say, well, how is it that you heard the gospel? And the Lord will look through the books of heaven and the Lord will say to this African that is coming, he says, well, there, there was that missionary that was supported by that Ray Bentley at Maranatha Chapel. So when he comes to heaven, you be sure and look him up. And this stranger walks up to me with a big smile and he gives me a big hug and he says, oh, thank you, brother, because of you and your support, I am now in heaven forever and ever and ever. And I go, wow, I don't even know you. I didn't even know anything about you. But I do remember that our church, Maranatha Chapel, supported those in Sudan and in Kenya and in Uganda and in Africa. Wow. And that one will be multiplied. Who knows how many hundreds or thousands of times. Don't you want strangers coming up to you and saying, thank you for all eternity. I will now be your brother or your sister because God used you to bring me the gospel. When well, closing, look with me in verses 10 through 13 as Jesus kind of wraps up this little section and, and then we, we take a break, but in, in reality, we'll pick up where we left off later. He says in verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The way you handle physical, material, worldly wealth and money is a mirror of how you handle spiritual wealth. So if you are embezzling on the earth or you're taking advantage of God or you're not honoring him with the tithe or the first fruits for the weight of his glory, there is nothing for God to honor or bless you even here upon the earth, let alone the rewards that will come in heaven. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot worship both God and mammon. And the truth of the matter is, if you do serve money, you will lose it and you will lose God as well. If you honor the Lord and if you worship God and if you are faithful in those things he has given to you materially and financially and with money, you will not only be rewarded and blessed in heaven but here upon the earth and entrusted with many riches as well as responsibilities and you will have the Lord as well. Would to God. And you know, uh, to be honest, you know, they say that the church gives and, and I'm generalizing in average, about one-third of the tithe to honor the Lord. That's basically a way of saying, well, and this is not even, you know, it's not even recognizing everything is the Lord's, but it's basically uh, saying, you know, that well, 70%, eh, I think I'll, you know, honor my own choices or my own whatever. And And that is something, that is holding back. There's a scripture that says, that they limited the Holy One of Israel. And this is not about, you know, I know the people that take advantage and they talk about, oh, if you give and God's gonna give you and it's a way to make you rich and that, that is totally the health, wealth, prosperity gospel is totally missing the whole point. It's about honoring the Lord and trusting in the Lord and God honoring and trusting you back with great spiritual riches and blessings. But let's put it this way. We desire the glory of the Lord to fall with such heaviness that the felt, manifest, Shekinah glory of God is so real that you you can't even put into English words the joy and the reality of His Spirit that you feel. We want that. We desire that. But are we willing to honor the Lord in a way with His weight of glory and His awesomeness and His heaviness? That is deserving of that. In the early church, they not only did that, but they were so caught up with love for God, they literally went and sold homes, possessions, and everything that they owned, turned it into cash and brought it in at the disciples' feet and said, we're willing to share with anybody and everybody, and they held all things in common. And the Lord did great wonders, and He literally shook the earth. And the kingdom of this world was shaken with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in one generation, the whole gospel went to the whole world. Miracles were happening, just as if Jesus was still on the earth which he was through the apostles. And they were saying, you know, with alms on the way to the temple and, a, and the lame man is there and they say, alms, alms. And Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And grabbed him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. He didn't give the man a little bit of alms so that he could make it from one day to the next. He healed him in the name of Jesus whose blood as a Messiah was shed and the lame man was able to walk which meant the next day he could work for his own family and provide for his own and honor the Lord and bless him and join and be part of that community. Amen.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley with insights today on how to honor the Lord with everything we have including our finances and influence. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Honoring the Father. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under Media, you'll notice three words, Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click About and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us but we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.